Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Your Bibles this evening, look with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 3. 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 3. Very interesting how the Lord works sometimes in our lives as we consider just how He works. And I I wish that I could be creative enough, I guess. I don't know if that's the word, or I guess creative, I guess, would be the word. But I have a Sunday school series I started at the beginning of the year, as well as a series on Sunday mornings in the book of Mark, and then the book of First Thessalonians on Sunday evenings, all at the beginning of the year, started them together. And uh, this morning, uh, just going through preparation, just kind of going line in line uh, with the series is, and uh, came to Sunday school this morning and Uh, If you were in Sunday school in my class, you would have found that uh, the Sunday school lesson was on faith. Pretty interesting. Uh, Faith is a pretty general topic for Christianity, isn't it? Yeah. Then if you would have come to church in the morning service, you would have found that this morning's uh, sermon was all about faith. Once again. So two in a row. Now you're here Sunday night. Anybody have a just want to take a guess on what tonight's uh, topic of the sermon is this evening? Maybe, maybe faith. But interesting how that works. I wish I could tell you I planned this, but I did not. But I know this any time that things like this, I do not believe that there are coincidences with God. Okay, don't believe that at all. But I know this. I know when it comes to matters of faith in my life, I know that my faith, as well as your faith, has a tendency to fluctuate. Uh, No one's faith stays here. None of our faith stays here. It tends to go more like this, doesn't it? Sometimes it's here, sometimes it's here, sometimes it's here, sometimes it's here. It's all over the place. And so when we get something like this where we have three messages in a row, and I know for some of you, if you weren't in my Sunday school class, uh, then it would be two messages in a row. But for me, it's three. And so for me, I have to pay special attention uh, this evening for three messages in a row uh, concerning faith to say, okay, Lord, Uh, What are you trying to get to concerning me and faith? And so we're just going to jump right in to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We have just 13 verses to look at tonight. And so I want to take a moment and read all 13 verses if we can. I'll read quickly so you listen quickly, okay? Amen. All right, let's go. The Bible says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear... We thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, 
and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, as ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent you to know your faith. Now look at this here just for a moment, uh, as because uh, I want you to see this. In, in verse number 2, the last two words there, say, he says, and to comfort you concerning your faith. And then as we come down, he says, for verily, when we were with you, uh, we told you that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and that ye know for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent, ye, sent to know, what does that say? Your faith. Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. But now when Timotheus came from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, and we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live, if ye stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make your or make you increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Now, I don't know about you, but anytime I'm reading through the Scripture and I see a pattern of words, uh, either whether it's a single word or a, a phrase that repeats itself over and over, it's really important to pay attention to. And we find that here in this chapter in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, where the Apostle Paul repeatedly mentions the faith of this church, as he mentions over and over and over again, your faith, your faith. And he's talking again to this church at Thessalonica about their faith. But I want to talk again this evening about our faith. Our faith. And in this, we'll make some connections here between this church's faith at Thessalonica, but also about our faith. And I want to remind you uh, the theme of this book of uh, Thessalonians that we've been paying attention to from chapter 2 and verse 12 that the Apostle Paul told this church that they would walk worthy of God. And so this evening, I want to preach a message uh, can, uh, titled, A Worthy Walk of Faith. A Worthy 
walk of faith. Let's pray together and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much for your goodness. I thank you for, God, just how you help us to be faithful. God, you've been so faithful to us. Father, as we come now to this time, Father, you've preserved this chapter in the life of this church. You've saved it for us. You have brought us here for this time. God, I have no idea what this message will do in the lives of your people. For I have no idea where they're at in their faith. But Father, I know that in my life, God, by my faith, sometimes weak. Faith is sometimes strong. Sometimes my faith in the same day is up and down. Father, I'm grateful that you have used others to encourage me and my faith. Father, I'm grateful that you have chosen to oftentimes use me to encourage others in their faith. So God, I pray tonight that whatever the case may be, wherever each one finds themselves in this journey of faith tonight, Father, that you would use this message be an encouragement where they're at. That you would use it to further their walk with you, to strengthen their faith, to increase their faith. We would all walk worthy of you. Help us in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we come into chapter 3 in this book of 1 Thessalonians, we must consider as Paul begins in this first verse as he says, Wherefore, we could no longer forbear. Obviously, this is a continuation of chapter 2 as he ends this uh, second chapter by uh, giving a little bit of a description. As he says back in verse number 14, For ye, brethren, became followers of the church of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus, for also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, Fill up their sin always, their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in the presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, when, or wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. Look what he says here. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown, or rejoicing? Are not ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. 
So Paul says, but we wanted to see you, but Satan hindered us. So he says, as we could no longer forbear, in verse number 1, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. So Paul says, we wanted to come and see you, but we were under so much pressure, so much uh, against us, we thought it best to be left at Athens, and we stayed here, but, or and, we did send Timotheus, our brother, and minister of God, our fellow laborer, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And isn't it something, I want to just take a note here, to uh, just pay special attention to the words that Paul uses to describe Timotheus. We, we call him Timothy, of course, but he says, first off, our brother. Timotheus, our brother. Then he says, and minister of God. He continues to say, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Paul is such an encourager, isn't he? I mean, he could have just said, we sent Timothy. I mean, if we were writing this, we would simply just say, uh, you know, hey, we, uh, we, we sent Trevor to you. That's what we would say. We have uh, done ourselves, I think, such a disservice in uh, encouragement of one another. But what Paul is doing here, I think, is just magnificent in the encouragement department and, and not even in, in really for Timothy's sake, but for the church's sake. Because he's not just saying uh, who Timothy is, but he's trying to teach them and encourage them in how they are to treat one another. Because he goes on here and he says, Timothy, our brother, but also minister of God. He's a minister of God. He's doing a work of God. But he's also a fellow laborer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he's being sent for a purpose. And he's being sent to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Now we must be reminded in this that Paul just finished up saying back in chapter 2 that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto His kingdom and glory. And right after he said that ye would walk worthy, he went through to talk about the, the agony and he went through to talk about the, uh, the rejection that this church had received. The rejection we talked about last week of their own brethren. The rejection of those who killed the Jews, or who killed Jesus rather. The rejection of those who persecuted Paul. And the rejection of that. And I will tell you, there is nothing that will rob the joy of your faith quicker than rejection and hurt. It'll zap it right out of you. I mean, it doesn't take much to deflate faith from our lives. It doesn't take a whole lot of turmoil to cause our faith to go from here to here. I mean, think about it. 
we, we, looked at the, we, we looked at the story this morning with the disciples. Anybody remember? I mean, we, we can look at the disciples, for examples, all over the place. But the disciples had just, they had just been given the example. Jesus talked to them about faith. And then the storm came. How, how, how quick did it take? Didn't take long. How about, how about this? How about when Jesus fed the 5,000? 5,000. With five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus sent the disciples away. And later that night as Jesus came walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, but it was Jesus. And Peter came as Jesus. He said, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come out onto the water with you. Everybody remember that? Peter is walking on the water with Jesus. And in that instant, I mean, Peter had, I mean, if Peter had faith, it was in that moment Peter's faith was up here. And he was walking on water. Poor Jesus. And in that very moment, Peter began to sink. In the same instant. What caused Peter to begin to sink? When he took his eyes off Jesus. When he began to focus on the waves and everything else around him. That's what caused him to begin to sink. It's the same way in our lives. So here's this church that's having all of these issues and Paul is going through and he's saying, man, you guys are doing such a great job and, and now I'm sending Timothy and he's our brother and he's a minister of God and he's your fellow laborer and I want him to help establish you and comfort you concerning your faith. Concerning your faith. So I want you to Walk worthy of God concerning your faith. So I want you to notice number one tonight that there are occasions that we need helpers in our faith. We need helpers in our faith. Now if we need helpers in our faith, I would like to also say that there are times when we need to be the helpers in someone else's faith. You see, at times we're going to be the church of Thessalonica, but at other times we need to be the Timothy. See, we can play both roles. We can be Timothy the brother. We can also be the church of Thessalonica. Because here's the deal. Isn't it interesting, as Paul is sending Timothy to establish this church and comfort them concerning their faith, they said, we're checking on you. I want to check in to see how you're doing, that you lose, that you don't lose faith. Notice in verse 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. 
Paul says, we know what it is you're going through. I mean, if anyone understood the afflictions of the world and the afflictions that this church might be going through, it would certainly be the Apostle Paul. And it would certainly be Timothy as one who traveled with Paul. So Paul says, I'm sending Timothy because he knows. You see, sometimes I'm convinced that God allows things to come to our life simply to allow us to be able to help someone else. It just works that way. We experience things in our life that hurt. We experience things in our life that crushes, that's upsetting, that's horrible pain and discomfort, that can be soul-crushing. Yet God brings us through. And yet God brings comfort and God brings peace. God brings someone along in our life that helps us, that helps our family. You see, eventually, we need to help someone else's family. You see, there are helpers in the faith to help us walk worthy. That was Timothy for this church. Why? Because afflictions move people. You ever notice that? Look, look. Let's let's be real here. This is Sunday night crowd, right? Can we be real for a moment? And I'm not. I, I I've not been around long enough, so I have no idea who you're thinking about. And I'm not trying to bring up things of the past, but we've all seen it. So I'm not thinking about anybody in particular, trying to make you think about anybody in particular. But we've all seen things happen in people's lives. Afflictions that have come in that have made people lose faith. That have caused them to move. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's heartbreaking. And sometimes we, sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes we don't know how to act. And sometimes we do try and it's, and it's to no avail. And I get that. I I tell you, as a pastor, I I, I try. I don't like to see people moved in affliction, but it happens. And that's what Paul is saying here, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. He says, for you yourselves know that we are appointed thereto. thereunto." He said, we've been through this. He says, you shouldn't be moved by this. So we've sent Timothy to check on you. To be a helper in your faith. He says in verse number 4, For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know, for this cause 
when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. He says, I, I know the tempter. He says, I know the tempter's tempted me, and I know the tempter's going to tempt you. I just wanted to send Timothy to check on you. He's there to help you. Let him. Sometimes we need somebody to tell us, let him help. Let him help. We don't always take too kindly to help, do we? I I, I had to. Uh, there's there's been times in my life as as a pastor, I get used to being the one doing the help. I don't receive help very easily. There's been there've been a few times that my wife has had to come alongside and say, you need help. And I've said, no, I don't. She'll say, let them help. In a loving way. In a Pauline kind of way. And that's what Paul's doing here. He's saying, I've sent Timothy, our brother, and again, notice the words he's using. He said, I'm sending Timothy, our brother. He's a part of me. I'm sending Timothy, a minister of God. Sending Timothy, a fellow laborer. One who is here to help. Because there's a tempter who's there to tempt you. One who's tempted us, and one who's there to tempt you. Because we know what it's like to be tempted and be in tribulation. But now, when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, we also to see you. He says it was so exciting. As Timothy went to help you, to encourage you and your faith, to help your faith. He came and brought word back to us. It was great tidings, good tidings, to hear from you about your faith and your charity. And how you wanted to see us. Couldn't wait. The helpers in the faith. Look what he says in verse number 7. He says, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you all, or over you in all, our affliction and distress by your faith. Now, look what happened here. He says, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction. So watch this. So Paul says, okay, we've heard all about the affliction that you've been going through. 
And we want to be an encouragement to you. Now, through all of this, Paul and Timothy and Silas, they've also had affliction. And so, you ever heard the saying, it, it, it takes one to know one? You've heard that saying before? Okay. It takes affliction to know affliction. Okay? So what I mean by that is, it takes pain to understand pain. One of the reasons Paul is reaching out to this church at Thessalonica is because they have been going through trial after trial after trial. They've been going through tribulation, and Paul has been going through tribulation. Now, Paul understood tribulation. And so Paul says, guys, I'm really concerned about this church. We need to be an encouragement to them. Now, we can't all go because it's not good for us all to go right now. Things are not really looking good. But Timothy, I, I really need you to go. I need you to grab some things. I need you to catch a boat and get over to Thessalonica. And I need you to check on them. And I need you to encourage them and make sure their faith isn't slipping. Make sure their faith is strong. And make sure they're established. And make sure they're good. And make sure they don't fall. Timothy goes. He does the job. This church at Thessalonica's, they're hanging tough. They're hanging tough. And even in their affliction. So Timothy he comes back to Paul, who is also in affliction. Timothy comes back and Paul says, huh. he says, wait a second. He said, I sent Timothy to you to check on you and your affliction and comfort you and establish you to make sure that you were good, that you wouldn't fall, and to check on your faith. But we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. He said, when we heard about your faith in your affliction, it encouraged our affliction. Look what he says in verse 8. For now we live you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, you might want to mark that. Because he says, for now we live. If ye stand fast in the Lord. Can I say, number one, we need helpers in the faith. But can I say, number two, we need a firmness of faith as well. Firmness of faith. Now look, there comes a point in time. There comes a point in time in our Christian life that no matter the affliction, no matter the turmoil, no matter the distress, 
our faith should remain firm. Now again, I mentioned that yes, our faith fluctuates. It's up. It's down. It's, it's all around sometimes. But there ought to be a level of faith the Christian life that we ought to be able to stand fast. That idea of standing fast is a firm foundation that our faith should never dip below. I don't know where it's at in your life. But you ought to have a mark somewhere some point in time in your life, in your faith. He says, for now we live. What a statement. Firmness of faith. Ye stand fast in the Lord. Where is your firmness of faith? Again, that level that's here. Yes, it may, it may go up to here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and then here, and here, and here, and here, here, but never here. See, firmness of faith, a firmness that never goes below here. For now we live. He said we were comforted. Over you, in all our affliction and distress, by your faith. For now we live. So we came to be helpers, but you helped us. For now we live. Because of the firmness of your faith. If you stand fast in the Lord. Verse number 9 says, For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your thanks before God, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. We see the helpers in the faith. Firmness of faith. But then I see number three, the maturing of the lack of faith. Now it's interesting here as we again think about what's taking place here. As I read this and I see Timothy is sent to establish and comfort concerning their faith. It's there. And he says, your faith has encouraged us. It's encouraged us. So much so that now we live. If you stand fast in the Lord, he says, stand firm. He says, oh, we give thanks to God. We find great joy for your sakes. 
It says, night and day we pray exceedingly that we might see your face again. Look what he says. Might perfect. That word again means mature. We might mature or perfect that which is lacking in your faith. I wonder tonight, what is lacking in your faith? Could I even, I, I, I even have to say it this way. I have to stop and ask this question to myself. What is lacking in my faith? I, I, I wish I could, could stand here and, and say with all humbleness and say I have full faith, but I can't. I lack faith in my life. I do. There are some areas I have full faith. There are other areas in my life that I must increase. The area of faith. Really, what I should say is there are areas in my life that I must decrease so that He may increase. There's too much of me in the way. There's too much of you in the way. We're to be honest with ourselves. What is lacking in our faith department is there's too much of us. As he says that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God Himself, look at these last three verses. Now God Himself and our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, Direct our way unto you. The Lord make you to increase and abound in love toward one another, toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. We might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. The very next verse says that now God Himself and our Lord Jesus Christ Direct our way unto you. The Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Comes back to relationships, doesn't it? How we treat one another how we interact, and how we deal with each other. Sometimes we must deal in faith. 
trusting God. We just finished up the fruit of the Spirit. Say, do I trust God enough to develop the fruit of the Spirit in my life? To deal with that individual or those individuals by faith? Or must I rely on my own flesh to respond? Yikes. Maybe that's the maturing of my faith. I need to respond in that. Maybe that's the lack of my faith. Love toward one another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Verse 13, to the end, He may establish your hearts. That's what He says there, unblameable in holiness for God. Even our Father, the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. Worthy walk of faith. Number one, has helpers of joy, or helpers of faith. Has a firmness of faith as a maturing in our lack of faith. It's been a day of faith here at Bailey Road. Wish I could tell you why. I wish I could tell you that I planned it. My guess would be that somewhere along the line, whether in affliction, or whether in distress, that there has probably been amongst our ranks a lack of faith. I don't say that to be insulting. I say that because we're dealing with Christians. I say that because I know my own life. I say that because I read the Scripture that says there's a lacking in your faith. We must firm it up. May we help one another's faith. Could we endeavor to do that? Could we, could we just make a, a pact with, with the Holy Spirit tonight amongst ourselves to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to be a helper in someone else's faith. I want to be a Timothy. I want to be a church of Thessalonica. You see, both helped one another, didn't they? Timothy went to help the church of Thessalonica, and the church of Thessalonica ended up helping Timothy and Paul and Silas. 
need to be helpers of one another's faith. But here's the thing. It will only be done on purpose. Let's help one another's faith. Not discourage. Let's edify one another. Let's do it on purpose. But then secondly, let's make sure our faith is firm. Let's just decide this is where we're at. This is who we're going to be. People of faith. Nothing wavering. For now we live. Then, that we may mature our lack of faith. How do we do that? I think the first way and the most important way is we're going to have to identify where we lack faith. Where do we lack faith? Personal. Between you and the Lord. Identify it. Ask Him. He will show you. Ask Him. Where do I lack faith, Lord? Let Him identify it. Strengthen. Strengthen. Ask Him to show you how to strengthen. Oh, here's another way. Once you identify it, once you identify it, you know what you could do? You could ask for help. Wouldn't that be something? You could go to somebody. You could go to Brother Bob and say, Brother Bob, I, I, I've been asking the Lord after Pastor's message and said, I, I've, I've identified, I lack faith here. Can you pray with me about that? You go to Miss Ann. Miss Ann, I, I've been praying to the Lord, asking Him to identify in my life where I lack faith. He showed me. Would you, would you mind praying with me about that? You go to Brother Marty. If I know Brother Marty, he's going to say no. Brother Marty's not going to say no. Nobody's going to say no. You say, absolutely. Why? Because we're all going to be helpers of one another's faith. Amen? It's what we're here to do. Nobody's going to say no, but if we don't ask, if we don't ask, I will tell you that's where we lack faith. We lack faith in our own pride. Amen? Let's help one another. Ask for help when we identify it. We might mature our faith. And then, then, let's see what God will do when we trust Him by faith. It's amazing. It's amazing. Peace be still. What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey His voice. What manner of man is this? He is God. That's what manner of man this is. We serve a wonderful God. Let's bow for